Good evening, church, and good evening, panel. Good evening. Let's let's open up with prayer. In Jesus' name, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to fellowship. Yes, a panel discussion, but we're still fellowshipping in you, O Lord. We commit the discussion into your hands, cover with your blood, and we just trust that everything will be beautiful and you'll be glorified in the end, O Lord. Let us be free and open and be led by you. And let's not, you know, speak on any of our personal agendas up here, but say what your spirit has led us to say, O Lord. Again, we commit the discussion into your hands, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to say the RG Declaration, and I'm going to let the awesome panel introduce themselves. Um, So you guys can repeat after me. And if you're watching at home, you can, you know, repeat as well. This is the word of God. This This is the the word word of God. God. It is God speaking to me. It is God speaking to me. My ears are attentive. My ears are attentive. My heart is receptive. My heart is receptive. As I'm taught the word, as I am taught the word, the seed of life will be planted. The seed of life will be planted. It will surely grow deep roots. It will surely grow deep roots and will produce its fruit in me. And will produce its fruit in me. So we're just going to start, you know, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Abai Kali Roha. And I'll let the panel take it away. Okay, hi, my name is Crystal Onyechi. Hi, my name is Stephanie Odeloga. Good evening, my name is Obina Asawabellum. And good evening, my name is Henry Uzachukwu. Awesome, awesome. This is a, a star-studded lineup right here. Um, so today we'll be discussing responding in love. Um, you know, so often we're put into situations where you know, we may be offended or just treated uh, unfairly in our own opinion. And our knee-jerk reaction may be to uh, just lash out, right? And give that person a piece of our mind, let them know who they're dealing with, right? Um, But however, responding with love exemplifies Christ and it may also lead others to know him. So let's uh, just get right to it, right? In the Bible, you know, love is mentioned well over 500 times, right? Um, One of them I wanted to highlight is John 13, 34, NLT. Um, We're commanded to love each other. Um, Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Um, Now, speaking on love, it's easy to love, you know, people when they're treating us fairly, right? Or we think they're treating us fairly. Um, But... The, the real challenge is when you're treated poorly, right? And you feel like you're being taken advantage of. Um, and, you know, that's when we're challenged. But God wants us to love anyways. Um, so I want to know from the panel up here, what do you do in these challenging times that make it possible for you to love anyways? Whether it's, you know, some scripture that you stand on. Do you sing? Do you pray? You know, you, can, you just let us know any examples you have. No particular order, by the way. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I, I'm going to start. So, I said, when I saw this question, the first thing that came to my mind was, um, as a child of God, we are called to love unconditionally. It doesn't matter if the person that wronged you repented or even acknowledged that they wronged you. You know, it's actually, maybe if somebody wronged you and say, and come back to you and say, I'm sorry, you know, it's easier to forgive. But then, what of in a situation whereby the person wronged you and they don't even acknowledge that there was any wrong done, what are we supposed to do? Bible still says you are to love unconditionally. And the truth of the matter is that this should actually be a way of living for every Christian. It should be a way of living. Even before you're wronged, you've already forgiven. And you are obligated to love the person. He said, forgiving someone who hurts you, especially when they they did not repent for the wrong that they did to you, should be a norm. It should be your way of living as a Christian. And if you do not see yourself, the truth is that 
sometimes what happened to us is that we fail to see this person, you know, through the lens of humility. Because if you realize that you were once there, you were once there. So seeing yourself from that lens of humility, from that lens of I was once this person, actually gives you more room to forgive this person and continue to love that person. And I'm not saying for you to, you know, love what they did to you, the wrong that was done to you. We always, there's this saying, hate the sin, but don't hate the sinner, right? They say, hate the sin, but don't hate the sinner. And another thing that when we delve into that, um, when we delve into hold, not loving the person, holding grudges, you know, you start holding um, bitterness. And I, I want to say that what that does to us is it puts us in a place, in a position of where we see that a place of judgment. We start judging people. We start saying, oh, he, and he did this and he called himself a Christian. No, you are putting yourself in a place of judgment. And I want to read this scripture that says, in Romans chapter 12, verse 19, it says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, but says the Lord. And the point I'm trying to make here is that vengeance is mine. So it is not of you, it's not for you to make any vengeance or to start dishing out um, punishment. Because when you sit in a, in a position of judgment, you start dishing out punishment. You start holding grudges and bitterness, and you start, you know, in your mind, you start plotting how to revenge, how to get back at this person. You, you're not called to do that. That Romans 12, 19 says it, vengeance is mine. So it's not your position. So get off that position. Another thing you should know is that understanding that the only reason why you are not doing this, hurting people or you know, not doing the same thing, is only by God's grace. That grace saved you. And if grace was given to you, you should extend that grace to somebody else. Okay? You learn to extend grace to somebody. It was given to you. And one thing I always tell myself is that, you know, loving people... Loving people is a byproduct of a life that, was, that is filled with Christ. You know, a life that is filled with Christ, a life that is filled with love will always, you know, spread out love. You, you can, there's nothing you can do, you know, to stop that. If you're filled with love, you will over, if you're overflowing with love, it will always pour out to people around you. Okay, so even before people wrong you, you see them that I was once there, I was once there, I was once this person. That will make you humble and that will also give you room to forgive them. And I also want to read um, um, the Bible verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5, um, that says... Um, we are humans and we do not wage wars as humans. We use God's mighty weapon, not worldly weapons, to knock down the stronghold of human reasoning. I wanted to point out this, we, we know this Bible verse already, but I just wanted to point out that the truth is this, when somebody wronged you, what you're fighting is not the person that wronged you. The, pe the thing you're fighting is the person behind the behavior. And if you understand it that way, it makes it easier to forgive and it makes it easier to love, right? You, you understand that he said it. And how do you do it? It's not by your own weapon. You have, the, you have to have the right weapon to fight, right? So what does that weapon say? He said, use God's mighty weapon. And that mighty weapon that we have is the word of God. You go back to the word of God. If you're filled with the word of God, you will always learn, it's, it, it becomes a part of you. It becomes easier for you to love no matter the condition. And I tell people this, I say, if you wait until somebody is perfect, you will never love people. You will never love anybody because people will always wrong you. People, there will be offense every time, every now and then. Even Jesus couldn't stay away from it. On the last supper, he had one. <laughs> and he had one in his, as, as, offense will always come. 
Offense will always come, and you have to learn through the word of God to love. That's what you're called to do. It's the command. You have to love. And in Matthew, before, before we go, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 to 48, it, it, it points it out. It says that you have heard the word that said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as children of God. For if you love those who, who love you, what reward is there? Even the pagans do that. So if you're loving people that, that love you, there's no reward. Everybody does that. If you go out in the world, people love people that love them. Oh, self-care. <laughs> yeah. So what reward is there? There's no reward. You have to be different. And being different means even when you're bruised, even when you're crushed, you look beyond that and you keep loving. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you so much for that. Um, I was uh, quite an exegesis. Um, when I look at that question, um, how do we uh, respond or what is it that causes us to respond in love? Um, I always like to go back and try to understand why I should respond in love in the first place. And I go back to, I get that answer from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 14 to 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 14 to 15. And it says, for Christ's love compels us. Christ's love, another version says, motivates us. Because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And that is my motivation. Realizing, recognizing that Christ died for me and Christ died for me so that I can be a carrier, I can be an outsource of Christ's love. The same love that he has for me is the same love that I'm supposed to demonstrate to the world around me. But if we take that even a step further and we try to understand where did that come from? Where does this love, even the same love that Christ is demonstrating, has demonstrated to us, where did it come from? Let's look at uh, the book of Romans. If we look at the book of Romans chapter 5. Let's look at verse six to eight. It says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. I was once ungodly. I was once in this category. Christ died for me, even while I was still in that category of the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But here's the important part. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So while I was still on the other side, while I didn't know any better, Christ saw it fit. He saw me fit to die for me. And that love, the reason why he did that is because of the same love that God has for me. Let's take this a little bit further and look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. And it says, For Christ also suffered once, for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God, to bring me to God. Christ, he suffered, he took all of my sins, everything that I could possibly consider as a struggle, everything that I could possibly consider as a difficulty, as a challenge, he took that upon himself. He didn't have to, but he did. And he says, the purpose of that was to bring me to God, to reconcile me to God. 
So that's what motivates me. Going a little bit further, 1 John chapter 4 from verse 9 to 10. 1 John chapter 4 from verse 9 to 10. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is love. This is what love is. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. This is how we know that what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters, our ego, everything that makes us who we think we are in our own minds. We're now able to lay that down. Why? Because Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. And then finally, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. Hopefully I can find it quickly enough. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. This is the benefit that I have in Christ. And it is therefore now my responsibility to demonstrate this same love because there are lives out there, there are souls out there that need to have that same opportunity that I received. And if my life is deviant from, that, uh, from what Christ has done, then I rob those other lives of the opportunity to know Christ, to receive Christ into their lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, okay, so I guess I'll be going next. Um, as the question states, uh, what do you do in these challenging times that makes it possible for you to love anyways? Um, whenever there's a moment or there's a time where I feel like I'm offended or I'm wrong, um, I try to liken or even just think, um, about the situation and I try to think about this verse. Um, I always kind of respond and I, I, I relate back to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7, and uh, it states, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It always, it's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Um, so like that first uh, sentence states, you know, love is patient, love is kind. I try to think and I try to relate back to that verse in my own life where in moments where it's like, okay, is this like an opportunity for me to now be kind? Is this an opportunity for me to be patient? Is this an opportunity to portray and exemplify what love is? Um, in moments where it's also very challenging, I try to now like think about that person and what they're going through. You know, what caused them to react? What caused them to behave in such a way now that's offensive to me? You know, what caused them to be so irritable? And I try to understand that, you know, they're a person too. And just like any other person, you know, they deserve love. You know, just like I have received love, they deserve love as well. So maybe that's an opportunity as well for me to showcase that love. In, uh, in other opportunities or in other moments, I try to also think to myself, like, you know, uh, like we're also told, you know, love thy neighbor, you know, as thyself, you know. And sometimes I think and I, I, I say to myself, it's one thing to, you know, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. But like sometimes we as like even just not even only just Christians, but individuals, we don't even love ourselves enough, you know. So sometimes it's like you need to love that person, you know, like 
like that person, you know, is a woman, you know, that's somebody's sister, somebody's mother, somebody's aunt, you know, somebody's granddaughter. So you have to love them like that's your sister, you know, that's your mother, you know, that's somebody's like brother or father, you know, you treat them like that's your father because granted is one thing we don't treat ourselves with enough love, but it's another thing. It's like, all right, how do you like love your family members? You know, cause that's somebody else's family member. That's somebody, that's somebody else's son. That's somebody else's daughter, you know? Um, as people like to say nowadays, but I, I try to liken it to those, and in those challenging moments, I try to you know think back and relate to that. Um, what I would say, and piggybacking based on basically what everybody was saying, um, it's important to emphasize how challenging it is because in the moment, you know, say somebody cuts you off while you're driving, or somebody's trying to like you know, inconvenience you, like, on your way to work or, you know, at the store. Um, like, in that moment, it's hard to think about, what would God do? What is, what is, what is love? Like, it, like you, you're not thinking about it. Like, I know for me, sometimes I don't think about that at all. I'm just thinking about how this is inconveniencing me and how much this is hard. Like, how much, like, they don't care about me, they don't care. Like, I, it's a very selfish view. It's like, I, it's me, me, me. This is inconven inconveniencing me. Um, it's important what Stephanie said about having to like fill your life with God. Like God has, you have to live a life full of Christ because only then can you really pull yourself out, out in those moments and like stop yourself and say, you know what? No, God wouldn't do, God wouldn't do this. In that moment, if you're not, if you're not prayed up, you know, if you're not like constantly reading these verses that we're, that we're everybody's reading and, and talk, constantly talking about love and, and how God like loves their enemies and how God tells us, you know, even when somebody slaps you, you know, turn the other cheek to let them slap again. Like only when you're constantly reading these messages of love and, you know, I don't know if you said it, but, you know, fi like love is mentioned like 500, over 500 times in the Bible. It's, 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 it's the core message there. So, it's, it's, so if you're fully investing your life in, in Christ and fully like allowing him to take over, that's when it's these moments become less challenging. And, and I think like there's those, there's those times where, you know, even you're the you're the aggressor and you're the person that's going crazy and, and rude at somebody and then somebody like responds to you in love and then you're just like oh you know what I'm saying like you you're just thrown off because you're just like oh I didn't think you were gonna you know <laughs> I didn't know you were gonna because you 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 laid out a foundation like you you almost wanted them to kind of come back at you so you can come right back at them you wanted a fight and then when they stop and they're just like no that's when you stop to re realize like whoa like I I'm out of I'm I'm out of left field, I'm, I'm, I did the most. And a lot of the time that does happen. I think like when there, there are times where I do like stop and I, um, and I try to approach a situation out of love instead of you know, really giving what I want to give, um, that person sometimes, you know, not all the time, but sometimes that person's like, you know what, I'm sorry that I came at you like that. It's been a long day. It's always something else that's going on with them. You know what I'm saying? There's always, you know, you don't know what's going on in their life. Like, that's what I try to remember in those times. Like, some, what if their mother just died? What if they got fired? What if, like, what if, you know, they got into a bad accident or something? You don't, you never know. Like, there could be so many things that you, like, if you knew, you would never, you know, approach them in the manner that you are. So, um, I think really reminding yourself of that, like, you know, people are going through things that you've never understood. The way that the type of kindness you would want in those moments is the type of kindness that I need to give off. Um, and at the end of the day, like, knowing that this is what God called us to do, like, we are called to represent him on a daily basis, it's like, that'll remind you how you should react with people like you you could change somebody's perspective you can change somebody's whole day by just showing kindness and love towards them and in that way like you're representing god you're representing oh this is somebody who i'm coming crazy at them but they didn't you know they didn't take that opportunity to come crazy at me that's something that'll pull people into 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 christ and that's ultimately what we're here to do so can i can i mention can i say something you know um it, you know, it takes dying to yourself to, for you to, you know, I, I had something, I think it was either Pastor Dorothy that said that, or I think it was Pastor Dorothy that said it. She said, oh, no, 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 it was um, Sister Carol Kompo. She said, um, I have no ego to defend. 
<laughs> and that thing stuck to me, like, you know, when, when you have no ego to defend, <laughs> it doesn't matter how crazy somebody is going at you. You just look at them with the eye of pity. You know, you, you know that where they are coming from. They are only doing what they know to do. They are in the world. And they, who are they learning from? From their father. And so it takes you, you know, dying to yourself, having no ego to defend. That is one thing. I started, when she said that, that kind of like hit me in the head. God help me. I want to get to that level where I will have no ego to defend. And praise the Lord, God is helping me, honestly, in Jesus' Amen. name. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I just wanted to add to that. And Crystal, thank you for pointing that out because um, we can't all sit here and act like we're superhuman, right? We're, we're human beings and we, we feel things, right? We feel things. And sometimes, you know, we just want to get in that. You know, you, you, once you, you know that movement, right? Once you, once you see that movement, you know what's about to happen, right? But, <laughs> but, but here's, here's what I, um, you know, here, here's one, one thing that, that encourages me, right? Is when I think about how difficult and how challenging that trying to um, uh, allow the Spirit of God to, you know, to really work, you know, work out that patience and work out that love, you know, in me is I go back to uh, the book of First John uh, chapter uh, four and I say, I look at verse 13 and it says, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. We have the spirit of God in us. We have to remember that at all times. We have the spirit of God in us. We are new creatures. We have this mind of Christ. We have the spirit of God in us. And God is not going to uh, put us in a position. He's not going to put us in a space, in a place where um, we can't uh, engage the spirit of God. Right? He will never do that. Because he, whatever uh, uh, environment we find ourselves, he has already equipped us to uh, be effective and be successful in that environment. And, you know, this is where uh, my wife says this all the time, Holy Spirit, activate. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's funny, but it's, 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 it's so true because you really don't, you can't do this by yourself, you cannot do this by yourself. The moment you say, okay, I'm going to be good, I'm going to be good, within two minutes, you won't even know when you start doing the, uh, you know, the movements. And then we all know what happens after that. You start saying things you don't really intend to say. You start doing things you don't really intend to do. And then the devil becomes, you know, is there sitting in his corner, you know, Doing, being your, you know, your chair, your cheerleader, right? Meanwhile, you have the Holy Spirit who's just waiting patiently for you to say, Holy Spirit, activate. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, I loved everything, you know, you all said, right? We need to be intentional and we need to just focus on that example that uh, Christ has given us. But I actually wanted to, you know, sort of segue into the next talk, the next topic, right, um, Crystal, you gave us a nice segue because, you know, it's time for some, you know, vulnerability, right? Uh, we're all humans up here, right? And we're not always the victim, right? Um, sometimes we're the aggressor, right? We're the antagonizer. Um, we're the ones that are coming from left field, right? Um, now, you know, I wanted to know if there has been a time when someone responded to you with love, right? And how did that make you feel or how did it change you? Now, you don't have to go into details of what you did wrong, right? I, I can ask you that when the camera shuts off, but I want you to focus on um, how that made you feel, right? Do, do, do any of you have an example like that or any idea on something like that? 
Uh, I, I believe I do. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to share this story because I, I guess I was a little embarrassed, but um, everything happens for a reason, and uh, this is the reason why. This is a testimony, I guess. So I was at um, ShopRite maybe like a couple weeks ago trying to pick up some salmon, you know, to um, meal prep with. And uh, there's a different guy sitting behind um, the deli, I guess, where they have all the, the fish. <clears throat> so the guy, uh, you know, African-American male, different man necessarily, but uh, seemed a little bit more new, seemed a little bit more, uh, seemed a little more disorderly. He was like really, really like, I guess, backed up, you know, so it was like me and it was like maybe two or three other people standing in front of me, maybe four now. So at one point, the guy's taking like over 20 minutes. I'm like sitting there standing and I'm like, I'm on the phone, but at the same time I'm looking and I'm like, how come this is taking so long? You know, this is something where it's usually I walk up, I greet the guy, I ask him for, you know, a certain amount. He puts on the scale, gives it to me, I go my way. But um, instead I'm sitting here waiting and it's like 30 minutes now. I'm like, wow, how bad do I want the salmon? Like, and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, geez, like, where's this guy's manager? Like, I gotta, like, I gotta make a complaint. I gotta do something, because this is taking way too long. So then the guy leaves the station and like, just disappears for like five, 10 minutes. And I'm just like, what? Like, what's going on? He comes back and, you know, I guess you can, I don't know where he went, but uh, I'm still sitting there and I'm like heated, you know? And at this point, I'm a little bit more annoyed because I'm like, I'm waiting for a long time. And even though he didn't do anything wrong to me, I just felt like my time was being wasted, you know? And I felt like this guy didn't really care. And mind you, there's like two or three other people still in front of me. Uh, so somebody else actually who worked there actually came back, was looking for something. She saw the guy was even like, you know, a little frazzled, trying to, I guess, put the fish together to like, you know, give to people. And she even just went behind the desk or the station, you know, grabbed what she needed and left. You know, I'm like talking to her as she's like walking. I'm like, you know, where's your manager? Like, I need to make a complaint because this is taking too long, you know? And I'm just a little bit more and more annoyed. So finally, when it got to my turn and uh, I, I walked up, you know, the guy's like, and I, the first thing I wanted to really was like, him, hey, man, like, what's going on? Like, this is taking forever. Like, you know, the other guy doesn't usually take this long. Like, what's going on? He's just like, yeah, man, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it's like my, I guess, like, third day or something like that, and I'm just trying to get, I'm just like, wow. And he's just like, yeah, man, I apologize. I'll give you a little something extra. And I'm like, wow. So right there and then, I'm, I kind of like had to catch myself. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like about to go get this guy's manager. I'm like pissed. I'm like feeling like my time is wasted. But this guy really like is just probably not having the best day and trying to get acquainted. And even furthermore, just not, you know, in his uh, like best environment, I guess, so to speak. So then I really had to like check within myself and I say, hey man, Obi, like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm about to make a complaint and get this guy in trouble, probably cost him his job or something like that for what? For some salmon, you know? Because I felt like my little bit of time was being wasted. Like, that's not, that's not responding with love. Like, that's not, like, that's not character like of me, you know? And even then, um, we ended up like chopping it up, talking a little longer. The guy was a sweet guy, you know? He ended up giving me way more salmon than I even like had to pay for. <laughs> And I was just like taking it back and I'm like, wow, like God, you know, thank you for blessing me. But even then in this situation, it was like a lesson learned to just understand to be more patient, to be more kind and even not to just, you know, be angry. And even then not to take offense to everything, you know, because you never know what that other person is going through. Um, so, yeah, that's my little honesty. That's awesome. Uh, anybody else want to be? Thank you so much, Obi, for sharing that. Anybody else have something or can move on? Right. Um, so, I just wanted to say that, you know, in a in a world where I, I mentioned self care, but one thing I realized that in a world filled with people, you know, putting projecting themselves before any any other person, when we are called, we are here for others. You know, our lives here, God put us here for others. And I have had. I'm not going to go into detail what happened. <laughs> uh, but I have had people responded to me in love and how did that make me feel you know where I had been an aggressor I wasn't having the best of day and I kind of like did something I wasn't supposed to do and you know we catch ourselves right and we go right away maybe I apologize but somebody responded to me in love but I sat back at the end of that incident and 
one thing that came to my mind, I just remembered, in a world that, that, is, that is going crazy about self-centeredness, selfishness, everybody is just all about me, 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 me. And I have to take care of myself, I have to do this, I have to do this, you know. And this person took time, you know, to ask, how are you doing, you know, what's going on, this and that. I said, it reminds me of something. Um, when Elijah came out and he was <laughs> going about that, oh God, I am the only prophet left here. This, that, they have killed everybody else. And God said, no, I have 700 prophets that have never bowed to bar. In other words, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how crazy this world is going. It doesn't matter where you are. God has put people there that are loving. People there that know him. People there that love him. So open up your heart. Open up your mind. Show that love. Be that light. Be that love out there. And it will always attract light. And darkness, if there is darkness there, that light will always chase it away. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think... Um when it comes to um, responding with love, I think it, it happens a lot when you're when I'm talking to like customer service over the phone, and like maybe my bank or some store I've ordered something from like messes up something, and and I don't know if it's love, but you know they kind of have to they they kind of have to respond like in a way that you know makes their business like shows their business in a good light, but like I just know that I've had people that like are on the phone and like they're mad back at you. Like, it's like, you know, what, why did you come and try to come and inconvenience my day? But I always love when I get somebody on the phone and they're just like, girl, I understand. Like, let me try to help you out. Like when it comes to the bank and they like do their overdraft fees, overdraft fees, like, and then like they're on the phone and they're just like, I hate when that happens. I got you. I'm put, I'm put that money back in and just like help you out. Like I just, those type of things, like, I love it. I, I like, <laughs> I just be like, Telling my whole life story to the people on the phone, just like I just love you, like you're just you're just great. So I just I love those situations all the time. And but like when you ask that question, one specific thing, um, one specific situation came to mind when um, I had been like driving home from work one day and it was raining, and I was I guess I was going pretty fast because I ended up slipping. My car like turned around like, and then it was like like a half of the car was like over the over like the side of the road like over like the sidewalk thing and I was trying to move the car and it wasn't moving so I'm crying now at this point calling my dad trying to figure out like how do I move I'm scared because I'm like holding up traffic and like my dad's like you were driving too fast I'm like no like you know something's wrong with the car um and like I'm like in a frantic space because now I'm like okay I'm holding up traffic I don't know what to how to move like my it feels like my dad's not really helping so then somebody comes out of their um their car and they come up to me and they're just like and he's just like what happened and then I'm just like going off I'm just like I, I don't even think I was making sense to myself because I'm just going off like this happened and I'm crying like he's just like okay 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 and then he tells me like he instructs me how to back up he's just like okay pull over to this like this hotel that was right off the side he was just like let's check out your car you know he comes over to the side and he's like literally comes out of his car in the rain and like checking out my car and it's the, in this day and age like you're not really supposed to trust people but like he was somebody that was super helpful, trustworthy, tr calmed me down and was like, it's okay, it's okay. You probably were going a little fast, you know? And I was able to, <laughs> I was able to hear it from somebody else rather than my dad, sorry, dad. Um, but like, it was, it was just like, I, he didn't have to do that. I know I was, if I was there, I probably would have just tried to figure out my way to get around the situation. I, I probably wouldn't have stopped. I, I can't help you, so bye. Like, but this, like, this person really stopped their day, inconvenienced themselves to like come out into the rain. Like, it really just showed me like there's good people in this world. Like, and in any chance that I can help somebody, like, I should definitely go out of my way to help them, even if it's a little inconveniencing. Like, that was a lesson to me. Like, pay it forward, show people love in any instance that you can. And I think that's the. That's the motive. That's 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 the the motive behind all this to, to inspire other people to show that love to each other. You know. I just wanted to uh, add. You know, when we talk about um, instances of um, uh, grievance, um, I, I think you know, especially when you're in close quarters, um, in close proximities. Um, 
that that let's say that tends to happen a little more frequently than um, you know than we would like. If you're if you live with people, anyone, it could be your your spouse, it could be siblings, it could be uh, parents. Uh, I, I think that tends to happen a little bit more you know more frequently, um, and it's very easy uh, for us to uh, kind of uh, just respond, especially when there's that sense of familiarity and you know, eh, it'll be okay, right? But in those moments when you maybe respond in a way that doesn't show the love of God, right? It still has, you know, it's like you're planting these seeds. You're planting these seeds that uh, uh, really uh, just don't produce uh, the life of Christ, whether in us or in the other person. And so it's so important for us to remember um, whenever, uh, at least for me, what I try to do is, and what has, God has ministered to me, especially in my marital life, is don't see my spouse in uh, the way that the devil tries to paint, you know, paint my spouse, but rather see her with the love of God. See her the same way that God sees, you know, that God sees me. So if it's something that's said that I don't like, if it's something that's done that I don't like, the first thing I need to do is stop, check myself and say, wait, why is this, um, you know, why is this the best possible response? Is this the best possible way to uh, react to this situation? And how does this response reflect, you know, reflect Christ? Does that come out, uh, happen all the time? Maybe not, but in hindsight, remembering that Christ has placed me in this uh, environment to glorify himself and to lead others, lead my spouse you know, to Christ, it's important that I try to remember that you know, at all times. And I just want to add a scripture you know, to that. Um, Colossians chapter 3 uh, verse 15 let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and then Colossians chapter 4 verse 6 let your conversation be always full of grace seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone I think it's so important um, we, and the more that we practice this, remember, we're not doing this, I'm not able to do this by myself. If you leave me, if you leave me by myself, I have 101 things I could easily say to you, and they're not going to be good. But remembering that I have the Spirit of Christ in me, and with his help, I call this scripture to memory. Let my conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt so that I may know how to answer everyone. And at the end of it, peace is promoted. Love is promoted. There's harmony, you know, in that environment. And the next time that situation, you know, comes up, at least there's a remembrance or recollection of, wait, this is how this was handled before. Let's have a rethink about, you know, how we, you know, react or, re you know, respond to each other. God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, so Henry, that's, you know, that's awesome. Um, and it also segues into the next thing I want to discuss, which is just how responding with love points others to Christ. Um, so God's, you know, his, his kind of love, that agape love is, is not just difficult, but it's impossible to achieve um, without the spirit of Christ in us. Um, and the only way we can that's the only way we can achieve this type of love with the spirit of Christ. Um, and you know, that first Corinthians 13, four to seven, which just drills down what love is, right? Um, this sort of love, it sounds great, but it's truly not attainable without the grace and truth that comes by Jesus Christ. Uh, that was what pastor Dorothy spoke on, like I think last month. Um, so someone can know they wronged you and they can even anticipate you blowing up, right? Or calling them all manner of names, um, but responding in the way described in 
you know, that first Corinthians 13, 4 to 7 will shock them, right? So I think um, two things can happen, right? Either they can wonder to themselves, like, what's going on? Why did, why did this person respond in such a loving way? Or they might even have the boldness to ask you, right? Um, and, and either way, whichever one, it's, it's a way to minister, right? Because they will see that example of Christ, right? You're showing your Christian life by example. You're not saying a word, right? But you're living it. Um, but then if they ask you directly, then it's an opportunity to minister to them. Um, so that, you know, the next couple of questions I want to ask is, uh, can you think of or share a time when you did display this kind of uh, love to someone after they wronged you? And how did they respond? Um, and were you able to tell them what made this sort of love possible? Okay. Uh, let me uh, uh, go first here. For, so... I think we've been speaking about responding in love uh, in the context of you know being wronged or being offended. But I think responding in love has other components, other dynamics, you know, to it. And I'll explain that with this, you know, this anecdote, this you know, this story. So there's um, a young woman, um, you know, her name's let's call her Kate. Um, she's at the airport. And she's sitting at the gate uh, waiting for, you know, her flight, you know, to leave. And typically, as you know, at each gate, multiple flights are both coming and leaving from the same, from the same gate. So as she, you know, she's uh, sitting at her, you know, in the waiting area and, you know, just fiddling through, you know, through her things, you know, she decides, oh, you know what, I have some free time. Let me pick up my Bible and, you know, and just, you know, and just start reading. Then as she's reading and as she's bending down and reading a book, you know, there's a certain way that you can feel like maybe somebody is watching you or somebody is looking at you like they have their eyes right on you. So that's she started getting that feeling like somebody is looking at me. So as she raises her head, you know, sure enough, she sees, you know, people are looking, you know, in her direction, but they're not looking at her. They're actually looking beyond her. They're actually looking towards the gate. So she turns around and then she looks at what everybody else is looking at. And what she sees is the air hostess, is one of the air hostesses is wheeling this man in a wheelchair and wheeling him you know, from the plane you know, um, out to the gate. And this man is so disheveled, you know, his hair is all, you know, long and knotted up and just, let's just say, under normal circumstances, this is not someone that you would want to, you know, get close to. This is not your, you know, someone you want to interact with because he just looks just jacked up all, you know, all over. And as Kate sees this, something comes all over her like a sense of compassion comes all over her. And she kind of gets this uh, uh, feeling of, maybe I should go preach to this man, tell him about Christ. But then she realizes, wait, um, I'm in an airport. How am I going to, <laughs> you know, which, which style am I going to use, you know, to preach the word to this man now? She gets up walks over to the man as he's, as he's being wheeled in, his, uh, uh, in the wheelchair, and then something tells her, I want you to comb his hair. I want you to brush his hair. In her mind, she's like, brush his hair, okay? How am I supposed to do that one? Then she gently kneels down to the man and says, Sir, you know, I would like to brush your hair. The man looks at her, and says, sweetheart, I'm kind of deaf. You're going to need to speak a little louder. So now, remember, she's in a public space. So here she is, and people are looking, but they're looking at the disheveled man. They see the disheveled man. She now says louder, sir, may I brush your hair? And of course, now everybody hears, 
you know, here's this is a little bashful, she's a little shy, embarrassed. And the man says, okay, I guess you could. Then where is she going to get a brush from? The man says, okay, well, if you look in the, my bag in, you know, behind me, you'll find a brush there. So sure enough, she you know, obediently you know, takes the man's brush and starts brushing his hair. Now, Kate has a, you know, a little girl, so she knows she's kind of used to brushing hair and taking out knots and you know, all of that. And so she gently, nicely, neatly gets this man's hair back to a normal-looking, you know, presentable you know, shape. And then when she's done, this man starts crying. And then he's held, he tells her, he says, I have just came out from the hospital. I've been in a hospital for a very long time, and I had to go to this far place to go get this special surgery. And I didn't want to go home to my wife, who's old and you know, a little frail. I didn't want to go back home you know, looking like this. And then she now look at the, sees this opportunity and says, Sir, may I tell you about Christ? And she said, he man tells her, I know Jesus. I know Christ. Because when I was looking to court my bride, my wife, this was when he was much younger, of course, his wife told him that you, if you're going to marry me, you have to know Christ. You have to be, you have to know Jesus. So in order for him to, you know, uh, get married to this woman, he sure enough, he decided to accept Christ. So he knows, he know, you know, he knows Christ. But someone showing him the love of Christ in this way is what made him, you know, start crying. And of course, he was very thankful. He was very appreciative. He went on his way. But guess what? The story is not over. So now, remember, Kate has her own flight to catch. This man is now on his way home in a completely different look, different attitude, different feeling than the way he came off the plane because the love of Christ was shown to him. Now, as Kate goes to gather her things to go and you know, enter, board the plane for her own flight, People are now looking at her. The flight attendants are watching. They're looking at her. And then they're now asking her, Kate, or yeah, of course they don't know her name, why did, you, why did you do this? Why did you comb that man's hair? And now the light bulb went off. Here's her opportunity for her to now minister Christ to a wide variety of people, a much larger group of people. And that is what listening to the Spirit of God, hearing the voice of God, listening to that Spirit, and obeying the voice of God, that's what it's supposed to produce. God puts us in these, uh, gives us these opportunities whereby we can showcase the love, His love, not for ourselves, but because of the lives that the souls that need to experience that love. Now, because of that little obedience, look at the opportunity that she now has opened to her so that she can minister the love, you know, the love of God. So that's why I say it's so important when we say responding in love. Responding in love simply for me means being sensitive to the voice of God, being sensitive to the spirit of God and allowing the spirit of God to be showcased, you know, through us in whatever capacity whether it is to calm down, whether it is not to speak angrily, whether it is to lay, you know, give a helping hand, whether it is to uh, just be kind to someone else, it is all a response to the Spirit of God in displaying the love of Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, I would like to just piggyback off of that. Um, it actually... Reminds me of a quote my uh, mentor, Dr. Chibuza, once told me. He said, um, you might have like 100 people, and um, one person is reading the Bible, but the other 99 are reading that person. You know, So that's what I believe this life as Christians, and even then we're called to do, is display that love. 
so other people may receive it and they may also duplicate it in their own lives. Yeah. Um, I've, um, I wanted to say that like the purpose of, of showing love to people is, is obviously ultimately for, ultimately for God's glory. Um, I had a story that like didn't end so nicely though because um, I remember I used to work in TJF Fridays in, in college, um, just waitressing. And um, I was new, this is probably my first couple days working. And I noticed a table that I have like, you know, they're starting to get irritated because I'm a little slow um, with, you know, getting their food to them. So I, you know, I proactively, I tell them, you know, try to get ahead of it and say, um, you know, I'm new, this is like my first couple of days on the job, so I'm really sorry if things are delayed. Um, and, you know, to my face, they were, they were just like, you know, smiling and okay, okay. I later find out that they go to my manager, complained about me still, and to get like 15% off their meal. So they use that opportunity to be like, oh, she's new. Oh, like we can definitely get, you know, take advantage of the situation and get, you know, a discount for this slow service. Um, in your situation, you had a similar story about, you know, how the guy, you know, you know, you, 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 he gave you extra, and so you, you know, you, we were more like it calmed you down. You made you, it made you feel um, good. But in that scenario, you know, I tried to put that out there, you know, that I'm really sorry and, and still respond with, with love, but I still didn't get um, the response that I, I guess, wanted. Um, I just, I think that comes back to um, the selflessness. It's, it's not about you, it's not about the, the result you're expecting. Um, you giving love to people is not so that they come back to you and they start you know, congratulating you or, or clapping for you for doing that. It's, it, 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 you might not get the response, you might not get them receiving that love um, in that moment. It's not, it sometimes might not be instant gratification, um, but it doesn't mean that you still don't go and do it. Like, and, and sometimes that could be hard, if, especially if this is a new thing for you, you're trying to learn how to respond with love and then you get a response like that. It might throw you off, it might make you feel like, what's the point of this if I'm gonna respond with love and still people are gonna come at me um, disrespectfully, people are gonna come and, and still be mean to me. Like, just have to remember that it's not about you. It's still about planting a seed because you still planting that seed could have done something that you don't know. It, it, what if it didn't? It doesn't matter. It's not about you in that situation. You still have to show love even in moments that you're not gonna get it back. It's still, you're still representing God. And in that way, it's like, you're, still, you're representing him even I don't know, maybe even better, because even, even with not getting the response that you wanted, you still didn't let that stop you from showing the love that you know, like, that you needed to do, you know? Hello? So I had a situation in, uh, at work. Um, I had um, a colleague of mine that, you know, she did me wrong, and, and she left, and I didn't know. There was something that she did, and she left, by the time I realized what was what happened, it, what she did actually caused me to stay like three hours beyond the time I was supposed to leave. So I was really angry. So, but I went home and I was like, God, how do I deal with this? Because I need to talk to her. <laughs> the the thing inside of me was, you know, the the, 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 the this flesh part of me was was like, you gotta call her now. But then, um, the spirit-filled part of me said, calm down. And I didn't see her for almost two weeks. Then the next time I saw her, and by then God has put the right word in my mouth, and he has calmed everything. And when I went to her, I spoke to her the way she didn't expect me to. Because what she did was really wrong. I mean, she left her work for me. And I had to stay another three hours doing that. And, you know, that flesh part of me was saying, she is the one that get paid to do that. She get extra to do that work and she left it for you. But, you know, when I spoke with her that day and after talking to her, she, I left her office. Then she came to the nursing station where I was. She called me, she said, Stephanie, can you come? So when I came into the office, she said, she closed the door and she said, 
Stephanie, you know, I am really amazed the way you spoke to me and you didn't go about talking about this, telling everybody. I am so appreciative of the fact that you came to me, you spoke to me about what I did wrong. And I'm, I am so sorry she apologized. And since that day we became friends and we talk, you know, we talk about things. We became like closer than we used to be prior to that incident. You know, one thing I wanted to mention is that you know, in, in John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35, but it says, now I give you a new commandment, love one another, just as I have loved you, you should love each other. 35 said, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for one another. If I had gone to that lady, you know, talking to her the way I feel, I wouldn't have won that, you know, I wouldn't have won her love and I wouldn't have been able to talk to her. Now we talk about God, we talk about she's a Catholic, we talk about Christ, I tell her things, we talk about our relationship, my, our marriage, she had, um, uh, um, her marriage was kind of like, and she hears the way I talk about my husband and she's like, girl, how? <laughs> I said, you know, marriage is the best thing that I've ever had. After Christ, of course. <laughs> After Christ. Amen. You know, and, and I, I, tell, I, I tell her we, so I'm just saying that that opened the room for me to, for us to start having this conversation. And now I tell her the things I do with, that makes our relationship work. It's not like I don't have problem with my husband, I do. But one thing I, tell, I told her one day was that if you learn to disesteem how the value people place on you or the way people feel about you, the things people talk about you, or if you, if, if you, if you understand that, the minute you start to devalue people's opinion about you, you are growing. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. The people's opinion shouldn't matter what matters is what God says about you. So when people talk and say things, and I hear things, and I say, Stephanie, is that what God said about you? If it's not what God said about me, then why should I value it? Why should I make, let it bother me? Why should I go sleepless nights over this? No, I shouldn't, because I know who I am. That's why I tell people, you know one thing about this life? The minute you understand your identity in Christ, who you are in Christ. You will, people will see you as proud, but you're not proud. I'm telling you, it's not proud, it's not pride. It is that knowledge that brings you to a greater height. You accept yourself, no matter what's going on around you. You accept who you are, no matter what people are saying, even people, when people are saying otherwise. So with my husband, I told my husband one day, it doesn't matter what you tell me, if it's not, if it doesn't align with what God said, I'm not gonna take it to bed crying over it. But we're gonna talk about it anyway. So, <laughs> so, so these are things that you know we we witness. Like he said, our lives should be the gospel that people read, and it doesn't matter where you are. I, I tell myself I want to get to the point where. It doesn't matter where I am. Even if in my closet somebody has a mirror over me, I'm still living that life. You understand what I'm saying? I'm still living that life. So, and we don't expect this kind of things from people in the world. You understand? You can't expect, you can't expect, um, you can't expect mango tree from a weed. No, you can't. You have to get that from a mango tree. You can't get mango from a weed. You have to get that from a mango tree. So people's life, I tell, I tell us that knowing you, who you are is the ultimate. And, and witnessing for God, your life should be the Bible that people are reading. When you go to your job, anything you're doing, do it as you're doing it unto Christ. If you're not doing that, you're gonna turn around and start doing everything as if you're doing it, living your life as unto Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we've we talk so much about um, when people wrong you, right? You put yourself in their shoes. And we've also talked about 
um, the example Christ has set for us. And we've even talked about um, when we love and we forgive, we're not doing it to even get anything in, in return, right? Um, we're just fulfilling the commandment God has given us, right? Um, but to wrap things up, right, I just want to focus on um, without love, we are nothing, right? Um, so, you know, those letters at the end of your name, you know, like MPH or doctor, whatever, it doesn't matter if we don't have love, right? Um, the amount of money we have in our bank accounts, um, that doesn't matter if we don't have love. Our job titles, doesn't matter um, if we don't have love. Even if we donate everything we make to charity and we don't have love, um, it does nothing for us, right? And it, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 3, it says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of the angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. Some, um, some manuscripts read, sacrifice my body to be burned. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing, right? So I know the last Keeping It Real, I ended with a question, right? So I want to um, end off with two questions, right? Um, what do you really have, right, if you don't have love? And can people look at you and see Christ? Let us pray. In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you so much for this discussion we were able to have. We thank you for all the knowledgeable points you brought up backed by your scripture, O oh Lord. Lord, we love you and we appreciate the love you have for us. And our prayer is that we show that to each and every one we come across, regardless of how they're treating us, O oh Lord. Thank you. For in your mighty name we pray. Amen.